0: But we also see a decline in who Rocky is. He starts training in the nicer gym. He starts getting a little too inflated on himself, and we see this big crash. and It starts with the death of his manager, and of course, Mr. T. Clover Lane comes in and puts a whooping on him. And we find Rocky in this new place that we've never seen him before. He's lost in the eye of the tiger, right? Um, He's lost it so bad that uh, even Apollo Creed. So Apollo's him and he's trying to transform Rocky. Rocky's always just been a, a grit and will fighter, but now he's trying to learn how to box. So he's trying to make it faster. to you see him failing all over the place and giving up. Rocky never right? Rocky the chicken. Um, so we see this place where he's at the bottom of the bottom. Apollo has said over and over, "What's the matter with him? What's the matter?" He's like, "Tomorrow, tomorrow." He's like, "There is no tomorrow," right? you can see. And then it brings him to this new. Uh, perfect picture on the beach with AJ and gets a pep pop from his wife. Um, and he, he finds out, she asks him the question all over again, what's wrong? What's wrong? He's like, I'm afraid. He's finally admitted it. He's coming to this place where he's fully broken down. And he announces, I'm afraid. I'm afraid I'm going to lose everything we have. She's like, that's nothing. Um, I'm going to lose. I'm pretty sure she's afraid I missed fatigue. Who wouldn't be? Um, but he comes to this place where he's totally broken down so that he can start building up. He has this new motivation for training. And, and he's transformed. He is all of a sudden fast. He's all of a sudden has rhythm. He knows how to box. Um, he still has, has the power. He beats Apollo in the race. If you haven't seen the movie you can't see it, he beats them when they run into the water are like, But I love that movie. I love what it takes to motivate Rock. When D asked to preach, he said the topic was motivated by love. All I thought about was, what motivates Rocky was this brokenness of fear that he overcame that he finally was able to transform himself. I'm going to read three different scriptures. That I means there's three different characters here today. So that keeps you from diving too, too deeply into one of those. But I think they all have a place to play today. And going um, to we'll start with Mark chapter 10, verse 46. And it's the healing of blind Bartimaeus. Um, Jesus and his followers came into Jericho. As Jesus was leaving Jericho together with his disciples and a sizable crowd, a blind beggar named Bartimaeus, Timaeus' son, was sitting beside the road. When he heard that Jesus of Nazareth was there, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, show mercy on me. Many scolded him, telling him to be quiet, but he shouted even louder, Son of David, show me mercy. Jesus stopped and said, Call him, Lord called the blind man. Be encouraged. Get up. He's calling you. Throwing his coat to the side, he jumped up and came to Jesus. Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? The blind man said, teacher, I want to see. Jesus said, go Your faith has healed you. And once he was able to see, and he began to follow Jesus. Teacher, you find I've kept all these things since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him carefully and loved him. He said, you lack one thing. Go sell what you own and give the money to the poor. Then you will have treasures in heaven and come follow me. But the man was dismayed at the statement and went away sad because he had many possessions. Um, we just want to look at these two characters a little bit. It's funny that it happen in the same chapter. I don't know how close the time wise they are, what we see with, uh, when we to men, the rich man calls um, Jesus the good teacher. So when he addresses Jesus, he's like, the good teacher, the one that's teaching the way. He, this is his label for who Jesus is. But the blind man um, calls him the son of David. So without going into deeply, this is a proclamation to who Jesus is. It's like almost before Palm Sunday, this is the entry of the kingdom, and people are, are crowning him with um, all this adoration, this blind person sees him and says, son of David, it's a, it's a, it's a pointing back towards the son of David that, that led Israel the wrong way because the new David was going to come. And so it's this really awesome title by the blind person, you can't see it. The rich man wants to be in the kingdom. The rich man says, What am I going to do I gotta do to get the kingdom on top of this great story that I'm living right now? Jesus, what am I gonna to do to add it? Um, Barnabas wants to see it. The rich man walks away sad, for he has much. Barnabas leaves everything and follows Jesus, um, casting off his cloak. But I was gonna do this dramatic casting of the cloak, but I don't have a cloak. I don't even know what a cloak looks like.
1: But I can imagine
0: it's this blanket environment. It's just like, what? It goes off. And it's just like, yeah. I mean, why I'm probably wondering that. There's a sense that it's not, it's not like you laid it down and folded it in and put it in the, put it in the corner. Um, it was in the first service that I paid homage to Dr. Lyons. And I, I thanked the Lord that I was a Christian for Galatians because he's an expert in Galatians. And I didn't get a good grade in seminary. I took his class. But he came to me after and he said, good job. <laughs> um, but he said, just a, just a note for the, the second service, um, he, when he casts off his coat, he's casting off everything he has, right? That's all he has in the world. That's what he would collect for the beggars. That was what he would keep warm. That was, what, um, that was his covering, when he sees tonight. But uh, the, the part that he added, remember he was blind, so he couldn't just like look and see where it falls. back there was his sense of his, his call to follow Jesus, and then, I'm not coming back. Better yet, I'm not coming back. There's this, like, problem. There's like There's a person who coined a phrase that I've heard over and over again because I love his white past, uh, Dr. Scott Daniels. I don't know if he's the first one to say it, but he Kingdom of God is near. We also see that with, heart, um, with the rich man, he can't leave everything and follow, right? Because he has a lot. And then that's what Jesus follows up with, like, it's it. It's easier to put a rich person through the eye of a needle, or a camel, through that, that the heart, than it is for a rich person to come into the kingdom, right? But it's not impossible, because all things are possible to God, and that's why I want this third story to be a part of the to talk tonight because there is a rich person who enters the kingdom. And we're in Luke chapter 19, verse 1. You can just listen. <laughs> Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through town. Passing through town, a man named Zacchaeus, a ruler among tax collectors, was rich. He was trying to see who Jesus was, being, but being a short man, he couldn't um, because of the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed up a sick corn tree so he could. He was about to pass away, but Jesus came to the spot. He looked up and said, Zacchaeus, come down at once. I must stay in your home today. So Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus came down at once, happy to welcome Jesus. Everyone saw this and grumbled, saying, He has gone to the guest of the sinner. Zacchaeus stopped and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anyone, I repay them four times as much. Jesus said to him, Today salvation is about. To this household because he too is the son of Abraham, the human one came to see and save the lost. Um, let's compare Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus is, is a very rich man. I don't understand how rich, I don't know. He is the chief of tax collectors, so I assume he is like supervisor to tax collectors. And tax collectors were people that um, were viewed as traitors or the enemy they collected. Taxes for Rome, which is the, the power that is pressing. The way it worked is if you owe this money to Rome, the tax collectors would say, but you owe this much because they want to get their cut, and they probably would inflate that some. And then they had to play it in such a way that they could pay Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus has collected all this money, and so he's amassed this wealth. I'm not an economics person, but I think I understand a little from that. His response to the kingdom when it comes near is to give half of it to the poor, which probably is a lot. I don't know. But then to pay back fourfold what he has achieved. And my assumption is, that's the rest. And I don't know, maybe he had a lot of money in the family. Um, But there's a sense for him to give up everything and follow Jesus is not a problem. When the kingdom came near, he had no problem denying himself. Um, There's a pivotal part in Mark chapter 8 where we see this big change in what it means as the kingdom is coming near. And uh, Jesus tells them, this is what you need need to do if you follow me." You need to lay everything down and pick up your cross and follow me. That's the only way. Um, And that's a hard one. Why would anybody do that? Like, that's what I'm confronted with uh, when I think about what it means to be a pastor. Sometimes I just wish I could do something where I was measured by how many things I create, build, and I don't want to have to look for customers to that no. But uh, just somebody just tell me what to do. Because when it comes to trying to get people to follow in Jesus, it just seems impossible sometimes. a um, guy that graduated from here and is a youth pastor, if I sell you and post it on Facebook, you put it out to the crowd and the masses, The, the economy or wealth of space. So, the space around you, so it's not necessarily, um, yeah, I'll this so it's not anything I own. but it's a sense that it's whole and it's good. It's unblemished. I would tell you that our family is very healthy, only because I compare it to families that I grew up in. Um, we're without a horse, we're out fighting, we're out of strife. I mean, we're, we're still in pretty good health. Um, it's just good. And I want to protect that. Don't oh, come in my bubble. This is my space. But what I found in ministry, and I found as being a Res Life family, is that your bubble has people in it all the time. And for the most part, our family just eats it up. Like, we just love life invite people. And we realize that as you take on their stress, as you stretch out your pain, you start to bear down with them when you the community with people like that. The kingdom is full of people that share um, the weight of life. Um, but I want to thank you for the way that you have reacted to you and we praying for our family. About two weeks ago, we lost a student to a freak car accident. There's nothing good about it. I tell you, the pain and the stress and the hearts of life were heavy. But I know people prayed. I know Jesus and God was in the midst of it because I could see how our community came together in it. I tell you, when something big like that, everything that we used to be little and manageable just like maxes out um, of what you're able to take. Your your healthy space is no longer there. And I would tell you that in some places we probably felt like we were bankrupt. And so the idea that somebody had one more thing that they wanted to share, right? Um, me and the girls went and saw Hotel Transylvania. It's probably the one time that don't look at my phone. But there's something that God calls us to, to be a participant in the kingdom that says deny yourself, deny everything, follow me, pass everything off, and that means sharing space, so I don't I don't have it. I know in the world of economics that I have a lot um, I know that Americans have the top percentile of wealth and use the top percentile of resources, but I don't know that because I haven't lived in other places, I know because people tell me and I believe them, but I haven't it hasn't become a part of who I am it's hard for me to say I'm going to sell everything. I just don't think that's my thing. But I do know that I don't want people in my space. Sometimes. And so to cast everything off is to die in the life of people and bear their sins, to bear their brokenness, to bear the weight of their life. Um, but why would we never do that? I've been asked myself a lot because it's like so rough right now. I have a favorite verse in Scripture. love because we followed all these rules. We love because God knows into this world the best. And, uh, we don't care our cross because Jesus says it's the right thing to do. We care because Jesus carried it first. Um, the rich young leader did everything right. It was like what we would all call a really good Christian, right? The five-bar man Did a lot of good in ways I've told people. Um, I don't like evangelism it's hard, so I've always hid behind the phrase if I just live. God that dies into the boat and rides it out with you. Um, I'm going to pray. And for the benediction, I'm going to read parts of the first chapter 4. I want to share one of thing. Um, several of our teams in our youth group don't go to this church. And so, that's always been weird when i think you guys are pretty that. But when I came in, um, they loved love me in ways that did not say it because they go to church. It's just they, they were open and honest. It made it so easy to talk about that.
1: There's something about somebody responding to love that that's
0: just different than I'm going an to initiate anything that's going to happen. And it was just a beautiful thing that connected us to this place. And I'm so thankful for that. I'm thankful for what you have done provide this space and for the times that you have been. Doing. to staff